You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera. Welcome to Thursday afternoon. I think I have a big show today, or at least a halfway decent show. Uh, that's kind of like my middle name. Steve, halfway decent, Rivera. Tom, how are you? Steve, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> it's like the old Caddyshack it's line. Don't self, sell yourself short, Judge. You're a tremendous slouch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thomas, how are you? How's, uh, the, how's the studio? I'm going in tomorrow. Uh, oh, are you? Uh, well, I pick up my trophies, you know, my trophies, my check, all that good stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, uh, I'm the only one here right now, Steve. It's kind of, um, you know, a lot of working from home as a lot of people are. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are as well. Those that, uh, haven't retired. I mean, it's just the reality of the situation. I'm, I'm sitting here running the board for you, but, uh, you know what? It's, it's kind of where we're at these days. It's really interesting, but thankfully we at least live in a time where we can work from home. Yes, yes, no question. Hey, so let me just kind of give you the lineup real quick. We're going to have them on simultaneously. Uh, Pete Williams, uh, class of nine, of 86, I think it is, and uh, Ben Davis, uh, class of 96. And uh, they come they come every year for the last two, three years uh, for the Lute Olsen Fantasy Camp. Wanted to have them together because I don't know if you've been seeing these things. You're not probably privy to it because you're not on Facebook, are you, Tom? I'm not. Um, so smart man, smart man. But uh, <laughs> over the, because everyone's bored, uh, a lot of the sports writers and people who are fans have created this list. Now, which team would you pick if you had you know points to give, or what do you know, Damon, Sean, Kerr, whatever? You get like fifteen points, and you got to create your own team. Many times, many times, some of the old guys, older guys, like the Pete Williams, that era, even in the era before him, get shortchanged. You know why? Uh, because the people who are voting don't remember seeing them play? <laughs> bingo, bingo. They're not past 22 years old, and they don't know any better from what happened before all this uh, all this one-and-dunners came here. Um, so we're going to talk a little about that. We're going to talk about the good old days in the mid-'80s when, when Pete came here and kind of started the craziness. And then Ben Davis, who was here 10 years later and helped uh, continue it. Uh, uh, he played with JT and, and Bramlett, who were on, were on the show uh, last week. I thought that was a fun show. I think you agree with that was a fun show. So we'll kind of reminisce with those things and have him on for maybe the rest of the hour at 6.15 to maybe 7 o'clock. Uh, depends. They're, ben is funny. Uh, 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 Pete is more straightforward and very, uh, how you doing? Uh-huh. Okay. You know, very diplomatic. Uh, but uh, we'll have fun with them. Uh, anything else going on sports-wise, senor? Uh, the most exciting thing that's happened is that the Rams are trading Brandon Cooks to the Texans. Um, so that's about the most exciting. Yeah, that and UFC 249 has been canceled and the other events yeah. postponed. So, Steve, that means only the WWE is the only remaining um, sports slash entertainment entity out there that is still going. So UFC is and not that's, is done um, now, for now. And that's in front of nobody, correct? They're just right. kind of theatrics. Right. They did their, their WrestleMania event uh, recently in front of no audience, which is what UFC's been doing. Um, but, you know, uh, apparently 
UFC events have been postponed indefinitely, and UFC 249, which was scheduled for April 18th, uh, will not move forward. So, and I don't think that was Dana White's call. I haven't read the whole thing, but uh, no, I feel like that's wasn't. not his call. Yeah, he said it was beyond his control. Um, but the funny thing is, when I saw some WWE stuff over the weekend, I guess, and I'm not, I don't watch it. I don't watch it at all. You can kind of see all the tricks of the trade on the hits because there was like no distractions around. Right. So it became more, more, uh, more uh, visible to me that you know how these things happen. I actually have a friend who is a professional wrestler. Uh, and and? Uh, he's uh, he's a physical specimen, let me tell you. I played hockey with this guy in Nashville for several years. His name is Showtime Eric Young. And um, it's it's a very physical activity. Um, and it's, not, sure. it's mm-hmm. not fake from a standpoint of people are like, oh, it's fake. They don't get nothing really happens. No, these guys get beat up and their bodies get torn to shreds. They are athletes. Make no mistake about this. Um, you know, it. it I, and not always are you going to have, oh, this is planned or this is whatever. Look, does the WWE write out storylines? Yes, for sure they do. Because they have they have done an excellent job at making this athletic entertainment that people have bought into uh, to an amazing level to me, Steve. It's like people's people might not watch a soap opera, but these same people are huge wrestling fans. Yeah, no question. It's uh, I totally get it because you're right. And, and those moves that they hit the ground with, hit the 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 canvas with, that ain't fake. This really isn't fake. And I didn't mean to suggest that, but you remember when uh, what's his name Latka was his name uh, back in the day when he went with Lawler? Was it Lawler uh, with, on the with David Letterman show? Jerry Lawler. I oh uh, no, you're t- are you talking about the comedian? Um, yeah, Latka. Uh, he was on Taxi. Yeah, uh, that's um, uh, oh my god, Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman, when and, he said it was all fake, blah, 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 and then he got proceeded to get his butt kicked. Yes. Yes, I, I so do it wasn't remember fake. that. Yeah, right, right. So we're going to talk to these guys. In fact, let's just spend a minute with you and I getting ready for this uh, this half hour or so with these guys. Talk about the good old days. Three minutes, okay. So we'll, uh, we'll um, get ready for them. It should be a fun fun day today. Uh, this last couple of weeks have been a lot of good shows um, with, with JT, uh, Bramlett, uh, we had Corey Williams, uh, Ricky Anderson, uh, Candrea, Hansen, um, and you and me. I'm going to include us. Okay? Yeah, uh, we're, we're part of it, definitely. And you know, it's nice, Steve. It ties in, too, with the Tucson History Podcast that we've got on KVOI.com about Fred Snowden, the Desert Fox, about how he came in and kind of got things going really out here and, and turned it around and did an amazing job. I think it's it's pretty cool if people haven't listened to that, but did, uh, go ahead. No, did you, have you listened to it? Uh, I have not finished it yet. I'm I'm part way through it because okay. it's not just a five minute podcast. You got to devote some time to this, right? Right, right. In fact, I, I'm sure maybe you got to the point. And I don't know if it's been discussed, but Bob Elliott talked about had had Snowden not had his success in the '70s, mid '70s, uh, to the degree he had, loot would have never come because he would not have seen that Tucson would have been this great basketball town. Uh, of course. Let's also admit, because you've been all over the country in terms of for hockey, you become that kind of town when you win games. Sure. You don't win games, you don't become that town. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a hundred percent true. And you know what? Uh, as in any sport, Steve, or any walk of life, people love winners. They're going to follow winners. They're going to actively participate with a team that is is one you want to get behind and makes you feel good about yourself. Because for a lot of people, as as we have discovered these last several weeks, sports is an escape for people. Right, no question. Uh, and people, hey, I'm you know I'm not a big fan of sports fan, but I'm kind of itching to see something. I don't know what it is because although I do like going back to see the other sports uh, championships, like we've seen over the last couple of weeks, uh, I was at a few of them. But uh, you know, cool. Maybe I missed something. Maybe I uh, missed it for a game. Maybe I was at the game and didn't see it. But those have been fun too. It's been interesting to see some of the older events, Steve, that I did see live or or maybe heard or was around, and to see how the actual event varies from my memory of it 20 or 25 years later. Yeah, no question. No question. Let's take the break now, get a hold of the guys, and come back on the other side here on 1030 The Voice. Is that cool? I'm on board. Let's do it. Hey, welcome back to Eye in the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. My name is Steve Rivera. I'm the host. And with me is Tom Callahan. And I would assume we have the guys on the phone, uh, Ben Davis and Pete Williams. Hey. How's everybody doing? Pete, how you doing? Hey, Steve. What's going on? Hey, guys. Good to have you guys on the show. Yeah, good time. I'm on the on the uh, Facebook and the internet. Uh, my boy Ben is um, is saying a lot of funny stuff. I love Ben. You know I, that. I know, and I love I Pete. Of course. I just got going this morning. I heard this early morning. <laughs> uh, so, what was discussion today, Ben? I don't know. It was just a whole lot. I I, I, I seriously don't remember. I just remember him having like these. Uh, it was kind of like a uh, Hollywood Squares type thing with a whole lot of. You know, Arizona basketball players, and we're just talking about people. <laughs> yeah, well, let me go there because you know what? Uh, it's the squares where you got you have like fifteen points, and you get five five points for Sean, three points for Steve, and then you kind of put put your all time team together. And, and I'm thinking, you guys, you guys back in the day aren't on a lot of these lists. And I'm thinking, you guys get short shortchanged a ton because no one remembers those great times, and everybody kind of remembers these one and done guys who last are only one year, and you guys stayed a while. It doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. How do you guys feel about that? Well, um, I'll, I'll say this: uh, it, it really doesn't matter um, to me um, because uh, my validation comes from Coach O. You know, that's all that matters. You know. As long as he validates, um, you know, my contributions to the program and, you know, knowing how he feels about me personally through conversations I've had with um, Bobby Olsen over the years to Kelly Olsen, that's that's all that matters right now. So all this stuff exactly. is fun. It's, it's fun and games, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all fun. It's just it's just fun. Yeah, it's, it's totally fun. I don't need to be validated by any of that. Just like Pete said, I'm uh, – I was, you know, just like you said, I feel the exact same way. I feel like I'm then, validated then, by the way it goes. By, the, by, the, by the same token, just um, the respect that we have for one another just, just as players, you know, because, um, yeah. you know, I think um, I preceded Ben by about eight or nine years or something like that, and I got to see, you know, some clips of him because I was still, you know, playing in Europe when he was doing his thing or whatever, yeah. But and, and just much respect for the way he battled. And then um, to see the way we came together, you know, with, with a lot of your help, Steve. Also, you know, the way we yeah, came together, exactly. just the way we, the way we bonded during the camp or whatever. You know, that, that that's my man, right? That's that's my brother right now. And yeah. uh, just some, I want to just want to say something to you guys that, um, you know, I was really really looking forward to doing this thing today, 
And, um, you know, up until a couple of hours ago where, you know, I kind of got, you know, hit with some news that kind of kind of took the wind out of me. And I, I didn't want to call in and um, cancel. And with you and Ben being, you know, two of my favorite people, you know, I figured yeah. uh, just just talking to you guys would be something I really need. And just just hearing you guys' voices. You know, and kind and of I hope it has been. Absolutely. Yeah, it's oh. good to hear you too, Pete. In, in yeah. fact, in fact, I, I I'll tell you a story later about Ben in a in the McHale Center one day, and Ben knows exactly <laughs> what kind of story I'm going to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but Pete Pete's the cornerstone in, in my one of my chapters of my books. Uh, he's the cornerstone because had Pete not showed up, and 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 Eddie Eddie Smith and Michael Tate and those guys, there's a good chance that you would not have gotten Sean, you would not have gotten Steve. You know, it was a little kind of domino effect. I know we've talked exactly. about that a lot, and you know everyone kind of meant something to the other. Yeah. Well, I'll say the we would got Steve because we came in the same class. Sean was a whole other story because if we hadn't performed the way that we did, who could blame him if he chose to to go elsewhere? He'd have been a fool to come to to U of A at that time. So you know, luckily we did we did the grunt work and uh, we've been able to kind of kind of kick back all these years and just watch the you know. The program prosper over all these years. Um, something that I know myself, and I'm sure Ben included, just just extremely proud of. You know. Oh yeah, every time. Hey, listen. No matter what I say in any text or anything, I'm so proud of all those guys. And when I watch them, I feel like I'm watching my kid, my own kids, because I'm so much older than them. And most right, of the right. stuff that I say in the text is, you know, just messing around with fans more than anything. No, I know that. I know that because you know, behind you know, behind that uh, behind that tough exterior, you're a nice, cool guy. Yeah, and uh, you just got to respect all those, all all those young men because we know how hard it is and how how many distractions there are and you know how many things that can go wrong and for them to get them all lined up and have the success most of them have had and are having right now that's incredible and it, you know hey listen it's a tribute to dudes like Pete because just like you said without Pete and the guys that came after him I wouldn't have been here you know. And everybody else, that Reggie, Gary, and Joseph Blair, and all the other guys. What What did uh, Pete? I'm sure you knew of of uh, Lute because he was a, so much had so much success with that. But what was the sell for you? I know we talked about you getting in the car, the dust storm in the car to get you to McHale. But what was the sell that made you say, "Okay, I've got to come here." Okay, well, first of all, the connection there sounded like you was talking to a soda can. But, uh, <laughs> but well, I'm in my. I'm working from my house. I'm working from my house. Are you on the road right now? <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, no, no, I'm not in studio. We gotta, gotta work from home. Oh, okay, okay. So um, obviously, I knew of him um, from um, Iowa's uh, trip to the Final Four in you know 1980, and so you know I consider myself a student of the game anyway. And so I followed them then. And then a, a guy who I started playing the same rec league, Steve Carfino in Compton, you know, we were playing the same rec league in Compton. Steve's a year ahead of me. He went yeah. to um, Iowa right out of high school. So knowing he was going to play for Coach Olsen, somebody I knew, I followed him even more. You know, so I knew who he was and was absolutely stunned when he decided to take take this job. I mean, just his presence alone, you know, you talk about that um, that presidential aura that he had. That's real. I mean, he walks into the room and yeah. I'm just, just captivated, captivated by him. Smooth, debonair, the, the whole nine and everything. So mm. he, he didn't really have to say much to me because, you know, I was just yeah. sold by him. And then also, you know, Michael Tate, you know, pumping Tucson up the way he did. Michael and I grew up together in Compton, so that helped as well. But, right. you know, so it was a combination of Mike and Coach Olson. But I think if Coach Olson was there without Mike, I was still coming. 
Yeah. Coach O, you know, he didn't have and to ben, do And Ben, and you came in, you came in with a great group of guys, JB, Corey, Reggie, McLean, and give me one more, uh, one more, you, I think it was five. Me, you five. Co- me, Corey, Reggie, JV, and Joe McLean. That was Edric Bohanny was here before yeah. I came here because I transferred in. And I actually, I ended yeah, up he, being he was in here their for... class. I ended up being in their class, but I actually came I was... in the class with Miles Simon and Mike Dickerson and Calvin Eason and uh, Donnell Harris. We were all in the same class when I came from JUCO. Yeah, and you had this great reputation. I know. I think you may have been the the most uh, highly rated of the group because you had been at Florida, then Kansas, and then here. Yeah, I was rated pretty high, and you know, but everything fits together. When you get to Arizona, none of that stuff even matters. You like nobody talks about it. Like every, Coach Olson treats everybody the same. And just like Pete was saying about his aura, it's uh, you know, it's 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 just the way he did things. And hey, listen, we knew. Everybody knows who's who and who's a little bit different and who's special, but you know the way he handles it is is is, is unique, and you know it's, it's the reason he's the Hall of Famer and we're talking about him like this. Right, no question. Uh, what, what were your first impressions, Pete, when you first got here? And he pretty much had nothing, and he, he was probably really frustrated at the beginning, but realized that it could something could turn around, but it took a long time. Did you kind of see the wheels in the motion kind of every game, every every practice get better and better? Well, just the, the, the attention to detail. Um, you know, every every practice was pretty much scripted, you know, from time to time, this and that, from station to station. Um, just the, um, the the time, the, the patience that he took. Um, uh, now he was very he was very demanding. And one thing about Coach O, um, you know, he did not accept excuses no matter what. You know, regardless of what they went through last year, he was not about to let some of us. Not, and I'll be the first one to admit. And, you know, at the beginning, um, I was kind of you know because knowing how bad they were that previous year, the fact that we kept everything close, you know, because uh, I was, <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, our, our roster wasn't. Um, Let's just say it wasn't top shelf by any means, you know, that first yeah. year. So so just the job that he did in order to have us be competitive. And I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, a lot of people in Tucson really gravitated to because we were never blown out. We were we were in every game. We just didn't know how to, how to win. Yeah. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't let us be satisfied with just a moral victory of be, being close. And then once we figured out – it was uh, it was just a shame that uh, the season had to end because we got hot winning six of our last eight, you know, in a pack, and we're just playing playing very very well. And the fact that we had, I think we had eight of our eight of our top nine scorers that would be returning the following year, you know, plus with the recruits we had coming in, you know, we we knew we were onto something pretty good, and it was done in a matter of a year's time, really less than a year's time. We considered how how we play and the effort that we gain. So, you know, we knew we had the big boss to lead us the right direction. It just took some time for everybody to be on the same page. Yeah. And tell me, Pete, because I know you and I have talked at length for a number of things. Uh, And you had this guy, this little little white guy, little white guard named Steve Kerr, and you guy looking at him like, what's up with this guy? And I think one one practice, just one practice, he picked up a ball, threw it up, and hit it from like 30 feet out. No, it wasn't a practice. It was, uh, uh, you know, prior to the season where we were, at that time we would play uh, pickup games over at the Tucson Community Center. And, um, you know, it really wasn't like, uh, like who is this guy? Because, first of all, 
first of all, I mean, who the heck were we? I mean, like, we weren't anybody special, to be honest with you. So he was just another dude who just happened to be like a, a week of coming to school, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he does come in, you know, with a low open tailored look. But, um, you know, uh, there was a break in action while we were introducing ourselves, and the loose ball just happened to roll over in the corner. And he's in his little street clothes or whatever. He just picks it up and nonchalantly drills what would have been a major three at that time because <laughs> we didn't have three-point line at that time. But I'm um, like, okay. And then, uh, you know, once we got going, you can see hey, this, this dude really can't shoot it, you know. And he um, he has earned my ultimate respect because he, he's a guy who's just really, really worked to make himself a player. You know, going into year two when uh, Craig McMillan came in, you know, Coaches split up. He's going to have Michael and Brock compete for the one, and Steve and Craig compete with the two. And Craig, you know, came in with all the McDonald's um, accolades and everything, and a great size, six six two guard or whatever. But you know, Steve didn't let that deter him. He just went out there and, and went to work. You know, and uh, you know, he took advantage of the situation and made himself into a hell of a player. And I think the biggest compliment I can give to him that I appreciate the most is that after all this time, he's still the same dude he was way back in the '80s. Steve, Steve ain't changed one bit, and I think that's what I really love about him. Ain't changed one bit. That's the best. Yeah, no question. No question. Your, thought, your thoughts on Steve real quick, Ben? We have like maybe 30 seconds. and We'll come back oh, on the Steve, other side. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's, let's hold that thought because it looks like the music's coming up. We'll be back on the other side here in a little bit. Uh, talk, I want to talk about the Lute Olsen camp, you guys coaching uh, with and against each other, how much you guys have, how much fun you guys have, and a lot of different uh, game stuff. Let's uh, take a break real quick. Hey, welcome back to Why the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera. In with me, special guys, Ben Davis and Mr. Pete Williams. Uh, once that music goes down, you know, the guy who called me who might be calling in is Joey Lomelli. He, he's listening. <laughs> he wants to talk to you guys. So did you guys, okay. <laughs> for the Lou uh, Olsen uh, camp, you guys coached together and then coached against each other, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Great. So first year together, and the second year not so much. Well, yeah. well, that wasn't our doing. Somebody broke us up. Yeah, they split it up. Yeah. Well, every everybody wants to be with Pete Williams. He's what? He's undefeated, or he's three and zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't. How have, much fun do you guys have there that well week? How, how much fun do you guys have that weekend? That's Come on, so man. You, you already know. Yeah. You already yeah, know. So much fun. Well, I want. I need to hear the answer. I can't wait. <laughs> it's no, incredible. Look, I can't wait. Well, so y'all say my life is that's the highlight of my year, man. The Ludo and Tanner. Exactly. That's my highlight. I look forward to it every year, man. Me too, man. I get look I look forward to going and getting to see everybody and hang out and a lot of, I've become good friends with a lot of the campers and we're Facebook Absolutely. friends and I'm usually on Facebook messing around with them talking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Pete, I know I know this might be a dumb question, but did you did you ever want to coach? You obviously have some kind of special thing, but, did you, you know, yeah, Bill mean, does it. A lot of the guys do it. Yeah, no, I did, but I was never going to do it um, if it meant sacrificing time with my own kids. That, that was a big thing. Um, I wasn't going to give up, um, you know, any of my, my son's games, my daughter's plays, my daughter's cheerleading, any of that type of stuff. I wasn't going to give that stuff up for nothing. And I always said I know that um, – I'll probably be um, missing out on some opportunities that may never come around again. And if that's the case, so be it. So looking back on everything, I have no regrets. And then looking at the way the state of the game has been for the last, I don't know, 10, 15, whatever years, I don't, I don't think I would make it because, you know, I'm old school. You know, I'm where um, much respect for the coach and the coach says so. And parents, you know, they sit their butt in the stands and they shut up. And if anybody got an issue with it, then we're going to have some problems. So I, I, I wouldn't last, man. 
Yeah, it's tough. It's a little different. What do you What do you think? It's probably not fixable, is it? Oh, I think that no, the, the bulls out the barns now. No, it's not fixable. It is what it is, and um, you know, kudos to those that are able to do it or whatever. But um, even much more respect if you're able to do it and maintain your own integrity of your program without you know sacrificing some of your beliefs. You know, just to cater to a kid and his parents, which is something for life. For me, I don't. I don't care how great he is. I would never do it, and that's something Coach O would never do, ever do. Even if yeah. he were coaching at this point, you know, he, he, he told you to go on about your way. You know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. about, anyway. It's supposed to be about the kid, you know, joining something that's bigger than itself, and you know, being better for it on the other side of it. You know what I mean? And Coming in one person and leaving another person now is just uh, these guys just take a pit stop to hold you know hold a few months down and nobody really buys in <laughs> and a lot of the times I can't blame them but there are a yeah. lot of awfully bad decisions you know what I mean and some that make you like scratch your head and like hey man what are you doing are you serious Yep right I agree bro Go ahead Tom. Are you there, Joey? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Joey, Joey, we have, we've got a call. His name is Joey. We all know him. <laughs> What's, What's up, guys? Joe? How you doing, man? <laughs> Tell us how you feel, Joe. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Hey, man, I just wanted to call and tell. Look. What do you got, Joey? Lute Olsen Camp, you know, that's, my, that's the is only time I get in shape. For the, yeah, can you hear me? I don't no, think I he's there. I got you. No, no, Yeah, right I'm right here. Okay. Yeah, that's the only time I get in shape, okay, all year. That's why I can hang out with these guys and see them. I mean, like Ben was saying right now, some of us have become real good as me and Pete. We've become cool. You know, we've gotten to have a few meals, met his daughter, he's met my kids. You know, we go like that. So, But I don't know yeah, what's going to happen this year. Yeah, it's definitely a great time, man. And, it's, and just like uh, Pete said, it brought a lot of us together. You know, I get a chance to hang out with Pete now once a year. We get to talk and we talk throughout the year. <laughs> you know, that that was the that was the uh the part that was the most fun for me, you know, was getting to see everybody. Even, you know, a lot of guys I didn't play with that I like, you know, Craig McMillan. Right. Uh, you know, that's seeing Joe Turner, all of the you know, that's 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 what I look forward to every year. See you know, it's and seeing Mr. Fader and, and seeing seeing Nate Fader, you know, seeing Reggie Gary and all, you know, it's, that's, that's great, man. It's going to be so much fun. I can't, I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Yeah, especially, you know, so I think Salim was was very surprised this year, being his first year, that he saw yeah, yeah. how everybody got along. Right, I oh, agree. exactly. And then, you know, we all get to spend that special evening with Coach every year and, you know, just get to hang out with him and talk and reminisce. And, you know, so that's always, a, you know, kind of our own personal highlight of the mm-hmm. of the weekend. That's kind of a separate thing. But, you know, all the other things, like having breakfast with all the guys, all the campers and everything, that's, that's so much fun. Okay. Can you hear me? But- yeah, but more than anything, I want to give a shout-out to Steve and Mike Fader for putting this thing together every year. I look forward to it. I can't wait. 
Yeah. And if I'm not on Pete's team, you know he's going to get it from me. I don't care. I don't care what team I'm out. <laughs> hey, hey, Joe, you better I'm, watch I'm yourself, man. I'm the whole time. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Oh man, I can't wait. You guys take care, man. I hope you're back. Hey, hey guys, who was the guy that you didn't know but uh, were glad to meet at the camp because cause there's a lot of age disparity? For me, um, just actually being able to meet um, someone like A.J. Bramlett. I think he's, for me, the first one to come to mind. And, um, you know, seeing him, um, he, you know, he, he's a pretty big dude, you know, uh, bigger, you know. <laughs> obviously, seeing him in person and everything and just, just real cool as can be. And, and, and that's one thing about, uh, you know, the type of guys that, that coach recruit for years. Whenever we have these things where we go back, you know, and get together, you know. I don't care if you're from Sean Elliott down to, like, one of the walk-ons or whatever. Everybody, nobody big times anybody. Everybody is cool, down to earth, you know, friendly, and that's just the type of people that Coach Olson goes after. Because you know his whole thing is when you surround yourself with good people, good things happen. And he said it often. You know, he don't care how talented someone is if they're not a good person. He's not interested. You know, I was reading something the other day where somebody was questioning, um, "Well, does Coach Olson does it? Does his players have input? You know, on recruits and stuff like that?" I'm not saying we make the final call, but yeah, he seeks out advice a little bit and. um, Collectively, if there was somebody that, no, nah, this dude ain't going to work, and Coach O would take that to heart and everything. So we did have some input in some of the players that he went after. You know, if, there, if, the, if the character was questionable, he wasn't coming to Tucson, you know. Oh, yeah, no question. He always asked us what we thought at the end of their visit. He always wanted to know what we all thought. and He kind of, you know, let him know how the weekend went, and he took that. He did take that into account, like uh because a lot of almost everybody that came on their visit wanted to come. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of no, I'm good. I'm good. Kind of pick. Hey, hey, Ben. Um, I had AJ and and um, JT Lon last week, and and I've I've always agreed with them with this um, that they beat Kansas in '97 because you guys had them on the ropes in '96. You guys were one basket away. Um, had Michael Dickerson hit that shot, you guys are going on to the Elite Eight. Do you believe that too? Yeah, I believe that too. I, and I think uh, they were all a year older because they are all freshmen. AJ was playing, but he was kind of forced to play because JB wasn't with us anymore. And JT was really young, hadn't really become JT yet. And we, you know, I was playing center for us, and I think they had four first-round picks and started two seven-foot guys. So, you know, we we kind of battled them. And then the next year they had Bennett and AJ, and just like Pete said, AJ's a big guy. AJ is pretty big. And by that time, he had gotten a little bit bigger. So, yeah, I think it was definitely the cases where they had been there the year before and knew exactly what to expect, and they all got better. They worked. They improved. And, you know, it was so much fun watching them make that run. Right, right, right. Hey, let's go to a quick break here, Tom, and then come back for the other side for a few more minutes. Talk about your greatest experiences or moments down at uh, on the court and maybe off of it um, while we while you have you guys here. Is that cool? Can you guys stick around? Yeah, yep. I got a couple. Okay, let's do that. Thank you, Tom. Take a quick break. 
Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera. In with me, Ben Davis and Mr. Pete Williams. So, Pete, you uh, came here mid-'80s. Um, team had not been very good before you, uh, but you could see on the rise. What were some of maybe your couple two greatest moments on the court? Uh, I would say um, one one is a collection of things, I think, because – Prior to the 83 season, um, you know, ASU was like um, beating the U of A like a drum. And um, I'm just kind of glad that uh, Byron Scott decided to leave and go to the league in 83. (laughs) Otherwise, things might have turned out a bit different. But uh, one of the things I'm most proud of is that, uh, you know, our squads went 4-0 against ASU. And, um, you know, I take a lot of pride in that, especially, as I said, considering how um, ASU really used to work uh, the U of A. So um, going 4-0 against them. And probably the thing I'm probably most proud of overall is just uh, being somebody who played a significant role in help um, starting a program, you know, uh, doing the grunt work, getting it off the ground, and then being able to kick back all these years and just watch it just, just prosper and for the level of consistency for, Lord knows how many, what, what, 35 years since I've been out of school. Uh, my senior year was the first year we started a streak of, um, you know, leading the conference in attendance, and that's still going on, you know, what, 35 years later. So that's uh, absolutely amazing, and um, I'm, I'm hoping it continues uh Tucson truly is a, a basketball town, and you know uh, there's a lot of great venues out there as far as college basketball. But uh, I think McKell Center takes a backseat to no one when it comes to atmosphere and environment as far as uh, college basketball. What, what about you, Ben? I got a couple that really stand out playing against uh, beating UCLA at home in McKell my senior year. That was pretty big. It was a Saturday national TV game. Mikhail, the crowd was unbelievable. The crowd was always unbelievable, like Pete said. You know, it was always jam-packed and ridiculous atmosphere. And I also, probably the game that sticks out the most was the game against Cincinnati where Miles hit the three-quarter court shot at the buzzer. And I think that was Coach Olsen's like 400th win or something like that. And we beat Cincinnati yeah, it was, it Phoenix was. when they used to have the seven up classic. That was probably my, that was probably the biggest one because that was a big game. I think they were ranked like fourth or something. And we were, I don't know what we were ranked, but we were not that high. And it was a big right. in, fa- in fact, somebody said when they saw that you guys were both going to be on the show today, some guy said, was that the game? Uh, for Cincinnati, blah, blah, blah. And he says, that was Ben who tied the game up. I think it was, I don't know, 80, 80 or something like that. Uh, you hit a jumper. Uh, this is I don't remember this, but he did. He says, you hit the jumper. Um, their guy their guy lost the ball. Miles picks it up and then throws it up and wins it. That's exactly what happened. I made a little jump shot on the baseline. And then Miles got a steal and he just threw it up. So like the top of the key, three-quarter court, he made it. <laughs> the game. Yeah, that was great. That was right. crazy. It was in right. Phoenix. What was that, the Coliseum? Right, no, it was at uh, Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pete, you had what? I think, weren't you there, Pete, for the McShot as well? The Craighead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, no, I was gone by that time. I, I what were, the, so, what were some of the bigger <laughs> games there? Because... Yeah, what about Ed? Maybe Ed was free throw line well, well, Ed, A issue, you know, something like that? Ed was, 
Ed was the Sun Devil killer, you know. So uh, he <laughs> twice down at twice down at uh, Tempe, he went down there and you know stabbed him in the heart, you know, or pitchforked him in the heart, or whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, Ed was definitely the Sun Devil killer. And could you t- remember? Like, can you describe the last play? I think it was maybe from the line, well, well, maybe a putback. Well, I can't remember I just right now. I'm getting too old. Well, just one. I think we were down seven or nine with like 37, 38 seconds of play, and uh, I don't know. We did, and remember, there's no three point line at the time either. We cut it and cut it, and cut it, and cut it, and then I think it was down to the point where it was uh, either a one point game or two point game where they had the lead and they were, we were pressing. And Bobby Thompson was bibbling. He tried to pass over me. I deflected. They went to Ed. Wet Ed went in, scored the brother, and got fouled and hit the free throw with maybe a second or two left. And you know that was the ball game and. I think that was the junior year, so that might have been, you know, when the legend of the Sun Devil Killer was born. But, uh, yeah, we kind of broke their hearts. We broke their hearts twice down in Tempe and just, you know, blew them out of McHale both times in McHale. <laughs> so, and and I talked to, to uh, AJ, like I say, AJ and, and JT, and who was the best player they played with, and I'll give you their answer after you guys talk about yours. I, I would assume, uh, Pete, and I could be wrong, it, it was Sean, uh, maybe not. Who was your guy? I didn't, I didn't, play, with, I didn't play with Sean. So oh. When I was senior, you You're one year before. You're only... Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So he was a senior right. in high school. Actually, you're, the reason, you're one of the reasons why he came here. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. so they say. Well, who's I, I your think guy? The biggest, thing, the biggest thing is the fact that the program is so we could win. But obviously my guy is, is Eddie, you know, because, you know, I, I'll scream it to everyone, you know, here's it loud and clear that um, you don't say Pete without Eddie, you don't say Eddie without Pete. We would join to the hip. And, uh, you know, he, we, we still communicate to this day. You know, he hit me up a week or two ago. With just um, He's just a special, special dude. And, you know, we, we really bonded in this um Friendship that's lasted like going on about thirty-seven years this time. So, no, Ed was definitely my guy. And that's crazy. I talked to Reggie Gary today. We were just checking on each other, and that's kind of the same kind of thing as today with, with Pete and Eddie. It was like me, Reggie, and JB, and you know. Was, but there's five of us, and Corey and Joe, and it was you know everybody's always pretty close and. Mm-hmm. JT, but the best player I played with at Arizona, I always say Damon. I think Damon. Damon, you know, I think some other dudes were good later, but they were young when I was with them. Damon, you know, Damon is pretty. Damon. He's special. Damon's, yeah, Damon's. Hey, listen, I, I was watching a lot. To, to me. <laughs> Yeah, to me, to me, he's to me, and I could be wrong on a number of levels. To me, after Sean comes Damon, um, and, and yeah. I couldn't tell you why, but he was special for a long time. His senior year, you know, JT was darn good his senior year. Uh, but you know who they said? You know, JT and AJ said they said uh, Michael Dickerson. Yeah, well, that's what I was, That's yeah. why I said some of them were better later, right? Like because Mike Dickerson was mm-hmm. pretty good mm-hmm. when we were teammates. You know, we were two minutes for two years, and he was really, really good. But it was a thing where he wasn't, you know, he, he, he split time with Corey and Joe. So he couldn't be completely comfortable. You know what I mean? And they all played together a lot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when they left, I think he kind of spread his wings and started being himself. We well, he had that game against time. ASU at the. At home. Do you remember that game at the ASU, uh, U of A against ASU final game of the regular season? What, with me? 
Yeah, I think your senior year, the ASU, Damon was suspended, I think. That was and, my uh, He had like 35 I points. Just... I, I was suspended too. Yeah, I remember that game. And Mario Bennett had 43. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was tough because me and JB, me and JB, nobody, you know, like it, I think we had like four people sit out. Yeah, it was a tough one. And you guys stung. He, he had an unbelievable game. Yeah, he he had a lot of unbelievable. That next year when we played the preseason NIT, he was unbelievable too. When we won the preseason NIT, he, yeah. was, he was really good. Right, 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 right. Anything else, guys? I, I'm just glad I had you guys on. I hope you're going to be okay, Pete. It's always good to talk to you. We're, we're going to see Mike yeah, Fader and I are going to see what's going to happen down the road, given right. the uh, given the situation we're in now because of the pandemic. Right, exactly. Well, the great thing about it is that, you know, we can always communicate in one form or fashion. And, you know, like I said, just uh, just having you two brothers on the line, you know, really means a lot to me, you know. So uh, yeah, man. I, 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 I think that's special, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I hope everything works yeah. out and everything's all right, Pete. Just like the sake of Steve said. And you know I'm here if you need anything, if I can do anything to help you. Word up. Hey, you know what public enemy says, brother's going to work great. it out. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. Sure. No question. Right. Good, good. good. Good to hear from you guys. Great to talk to you, and we'll talk to you again uh, sometime soon. Thank you. All right. All right. Hey, yeah, take care, yeah, guys. No, good night. Yeah. All right. Be easy, big man. That was Ben. Dav- that was Ben Davis and Pete Williams, two of the great guys. Good guys. I'm glad I've known for covering the team for so long. Uh, two of the staples at the Lute Olson Fantasy Camp. Our coaches, mentors, a lot of fun. Cool guys. Thank you, Joey, for calling in. Tom, are you there? I am still here, Steve. Just uh, juggling some uh, chainsaws back here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm going to be in tomorrow. I'm going to go in tomorrow with my other Tom. Well, I won't so be here, be so, you know, here. have fun. <laughs> no, no, I guess you need the remote. I guess you need the remote. I do, actually. There's uh, there's going to be a, a – we're doing – for those who may not know, we are carrying uh, some Easter services on the station Sunday morning at 7 a.m., not only here, but also on our sister station, 106.3. Uh, so if, uh, if anyone's interested, they can certainly tune in Sunday morning and – it's different times, Steve. I mean, everybody's being told to stay home and, and literally not congregate. So, uh, you know, as a public service, we're, we're going to provide that for folks. Yeah, no question. Thanks for doing this, Tom. Uh, but uh, this was a great conversation. I enjoyed it. Ben and, ben and, uh, and Peter are great guys. You know, oh, absolutely. You know what, Steve? It's amazing. And and they talked about it in the beginning. Um, you know, you've had over the last couple of weeks, you've had guys on maybe in, in you know, uh, two of them at a time. And if they were teammates, especially, um, you know, there's there's that certain chemistry there. But these guys were 10 years apart, yet the respect, the mm-hmm. friendship, the bond that they have through Arizona basketball is absolutely amazing because you just you don't always see that no 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 there's usually some competition or some jealousy or whatever no these guys are like brothers and it's you see it at the camps and if we have one this this summer uh like we have the last three years i'll let you come in and and observe these guys a lot of fun and just storyteller guys you know stuff that stuff that you didn't know happened because you know we weren't privy to it but uh, just a great bonding. I love a real love for each other. 
Um, it was a different era too, you know, because they stayed a while. They stayed. Pete was a JC transfer, so he only had two years to play. But and I'm not joking when when he is the cornerstone, he's the one that came in. Him and Eddie uh, and the other guys and kind of started things rolling. And um, 85, 86, 80, 80, 1985, and um, Sean Elliott came because of, because of these guys, uh, saw the things that were going on, and went to their Final Four in 88. And without these guys, the other guys didn't show up. And then eventually Ben didn't show up uh, if these guys don't do really well in 94 at the Final Four in uh, Charlotte. And, you know, it's just one of those domino effects. Um, the dominoes have not fallen lately because they haven't been to the Final Four in, in what, uh, 19 years now. It's been a long time. You know, you and I talk about it. Is Arizona still a is a, a basketball school? Is Tucson still a basketball town? Got to win, don't you? I I think you do. And, you know, to that end, let me ask you this question here with the, the two minutes we got left. Um do you think, or how long would it take, whether it's Sean or somebody else, that, that's immaterial to me. How long does it take to turn a program around? Is it one guy who comes in and is that shining light and then people follow him? Does that take a couple of years? Can you do it in two years, two years worth of recruiting classes? How long does it take? Yeah, I, to be honest, I, I would say, to be fair, it would be like three years. Three years. In fact, Sean, when he came here uh, as the uh, Wonderkind, he was only 40-some, 42-ish, I think at the time, 43. Um, he kind of had lightning in a bottle. Derek Williams went on fire in 2011, I think it was, and uh, you thought great things happening. And the year after that, they didn't go to the tournament, and then they made the Sweet 16, then two Elite Eights, and then they've kind of fallen off since. But um, it, it takes about three years. If you have that one key guy, maybe two key guys, uh, as we've seen over the last two or three years, they had three key guys and couldn't get it done. Uh, two years ago with uh, Aiden, Trier, and Alkins and didn't get past the first round. And this year, who knows what would have happened with uh, Mannion, uh, Josh Green, and then Zeke Naji um, until the um, the cancellation happened. But um, you got to catch lightning in a bottle. you got to be good, lucky, and all that stuff. So we'll see. Well, that answered you. Question. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it kind of does. And it just, I mean, it comes down to, I mean, this year's edition, we'll never know. But it's just a matter of getting the talent back in the program and having it come together. And coaching them like they deserve to be coached. That's about it. We good to go, Thomas? We are. Okay. Thank you, guys. Take care. You're on 10-3 The Voice.